0: Live at Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on v
4: Prime Time. Hour two of v Prime Time. We'll chat with our good friend Cody Decker coming up in 30 minutes. Get his thoughts on the World Series. I mean, he told us that the Phillies weren't winning it. So he's got to make an impassioned case on yeah, why the true. Astros are going to take care of business here. But we always love chatting with Cody he brings it each and every time. We'll talk some college football top of next hour with Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. And before we return to some of the big NFL stories of the day, Sean King, uh, we we kind of ran into a end of an hour there. I would like you to elaborate on why you believe that Mark Stoops and company are headed into Rocky Top this weekend and going to knock off a team wearing some sweet threads, by the way, Well, sometimes in you have Tennessee.
2: to go with your gut. And I'll give a full breakdown on a Thursday uh, on my confidence picks because it's guaranteed that, that game will be there. I like this situation. I like this spot for Kentucky. Kentucky was a team that I picked pre-flop to win the SEC East. Yeah, it's not happening. Uh, they've been much better on defense than I thought. They finally have their full complement of personnel on offense, with Chris Rodriguez now having a few games. He's starting to look like in one of the top backs in the Southeastern Conference. And ultimately in this game, I think Josh Heupel has been flying high. I think Coach Stoops out-coaches Coach Heupel this Saturday in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm picking Kentucky to win the game outright. Will Levis, this is where having a talented, experienced quarterback, going to have that mayonnaise stirred all up in that hot coffee. (laughs) He's going to have to make some plays. I don't think anybody completely shuts Tennessee down. But what we haven't seen is Hendon Hooker have a bad game. That's true. I haven't seen him have a game where he turns the ball over. Haven't really seen a game where Tennessee's had to really play from behind, per se. So I like Kentucky in this spot. I'm picking Kentucky outright. I'm going to bet it with the points, but I'm also picking Kentucky outright.
4: Uh, Cole Kubelik, uh from SEC Network and uh, hosts a show with Greg McElroy in, uh, in Birmingham. Tweeted this out. Tennessee has scored 30 or more points in 10 straight games. That is the longest streak in program history. Kentucky football has allowed 24 or fewer points in 11 straight games, which is the longest active streak in FBS. So you've got a clash of styles. Um, fascinated to see this game. This I would say, you know, obviously Notre Dame for me just as a personal bias, but if I were had no personal bias to any of these games – the most intriguing game to me this weekend is Tennessee and Kentucky. I am mm-hmm. fascinated by it. Kentucky coming off this bye, contrasting styles. Mark Stoops as an underdog has thrived. Cedric Tillman might be back for Tennessee. How impactful is he? You know, coming off the high ankle sprain. A lot of, a lot of questions. And, you know, Tennessee's now at that point. They beat Alabama in one of the best games, you know, we've seen a long time, right? In overtime, they were fantastic. They've got dudes running all over the field. Now you've got, not to say, Sean, that they didn't have a target already on their back, but now they're number three in the country, yeah. right? This is, you've got Georgia next week. I, I brought this up in the look-ahead spots. You know, Georgia's now been here before. They won the national title. They've been on the biggest stage. So I don't know if they have a look-ahead spot and they've got a rival in Florida. I'm curious how Tennessee starts to react. Everyone's talking about him. Hey, are they going to win the national championship? You know, Hendon Hooker, he should win the Heisman Trophy. There is now the, a whole lot of expectations in front of them. And, oh, by the way, I'm sure on campus right now, hey, man, you guys going to be Georgia next week? You guys going to beat Georgia? You'll be number one in the country. Yeah,
2: Kentucky, Kentucky's going to not be easy. Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. didn't have him in my top four. You did. I did. Because yeah. the game hasn't happened yet, Sean. I know, but, you know, I like to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. Is that why
4: you put Baylor in your top four?
2: Well, I thought Baylor had a chance to be really good. <laughs> Even though
4: you picked Kansas State, you put Baylor in your top four. Yep. Yeah. Uh, K-State, curious to see that game this weekend, too, against Oklahoma State. Adrian Martinez did not practice yesterday.
2: Uh, is it going to be Will Howard again? I actually think Will Howard's really good, too. So if I knew that one of the two was going to play... Because the third stringer is no. no shot if yeah. he's in the game. That was not pretty. That was not pretty.
4: All right. Uh, we'll talk more college football with uh, Stuart Mandel of The Athletic coming up in, uh, in a little less than an hour. But let's get back to the biggest stories of the day. Uh, we talked about the Robert Quinn trade to the Philadelphia Eagles. Big acquisition for the Philadelphia Eagles. Russell Wilson doing high knees, you know, stretching out not taking dumps, you know, doing all that stuff. You yeah. know? He's, he's ready to go over there in uh, Wembley. He is. Uh, how about this news for this weekend? Uh, this was reported by Clarence Hill, who's been covering the Cowboys for a long, long time for the Star-Telegram. He said, according to his sources, that Zeke Elliott is dealing with a grade 2 MCL sprain in his right knee and a deep thigh bruise. And per his sources, now Zeke said today that he is not ruled out for this game against the bears but according to to Clarence Lewis uh, Clarence Hill's excuse me uh his reporting sounds like Zeke will be out this week against the bears then he will take the bye week to continue to heal up so it'll be about 3 full weeks for Zeke he did not practice today uh for the Cowboys bettable or forgettable that Zeke unlikely to play according to reports against the bears on Sunday
2: I mean, it's important. Zeke is a a big part of of their potential pursuit of the NFC East Division Championship and a potential NFC berth into the Super Bowl. But as far as the short term, I, I, I don't think Chicago emotionally can get back to where that pitch that they were versus the Patriots. So I expect that the Cowboys handle... Chicago very handily one reason being they're much faster in their front seven than Chicago is so I mean the, the Patriots are so they won't have as much of a problem containing and getting to Justin Fields and I mean let's be honest this is Dak's second game back after the way he played the first three quarters against Detroit I'm sure he's fully focused on having a great game not just a great half of a quarter and if anybody that watched Dallas and Detroit would know I mean, Detroit had a chance to to take the lead in that game in the fourth quarter, and Jamal Williams fumbled on the goal line. Now, those last two touchdowns and all the highlights, those happened at the very end of the fourth quarter, so that was not a dominant performance by the Cowboys' offense. So I think Dak and that crew will be focused. Um, They won't need Zeke. I said all that to say this. They don't need Zeke for that game, and then they get a bye. So deep thigh bruise is painful, but it's not something that's going to keep you out the rest of the year.
4: How do the Bears respond? I mean, we, don't. Saw, we saw the – well, They so they come off a win. Yeah, they, they got don't. a short week. <laughs> they don't. And they just traded Robert Quinn. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you're laying the points. Yeah, this is another Peter
2: Gabriel uh, play for me.
4: <laughs> I don't know. You and uh, Big Spreads haven't really jived all that well. I could see the uh, Cowboys somehow winning by nine here. Just don't put all
2: your yeah, winnings was, on that. Yeah. I almost – you know, swore off uh, straight bets and went to teasers after what's happened to me. <laughs> well. It really pe- was only the Dolphins. People who bet
4: teasers this week weren't thrilled either if you had the Patriots closing out a teaser. Uh, like our, Well, the like one our that would have killed
2: me is the 49ers in the teaser. Yep. Yeah. P- pushing them up to, uh,
4: to seven and a half. Yeah. I would have put that one in there, too. Um, all right, let's get to Thursday Night Football tomorrow. It's the Buccaneers taking on the uh, Baltimore Ravens this game in Tampa. Uh, right now, one, one and a half point spread in favor of mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our graphic is going to say plus one, but it's actually flipped here uh, as we've been on the air. Uh, total of 45.5. That has not changed. A lot of injuries to note. Before we get to the Bucks injuries, uh, Calais Campbell has been ruled out due to an illness. So he is out. For the Baltimore Ravens, a whole host of uh, players, Sean, are questionable. Mark Andrews is questionable. Rashad Bateman is questionable. Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, uh, Ronnie Stanley, all questionable. Uh, Mark Andrews did not practice on Wednesday uh, or did not participate on Wednesday while Rashad Bateman and uh, Humphrey and Peters were all full participants. As for the Buccaneers, they'll be without four starters. Uh, Their left guard, uh, Gadecki. Antonio Winfield, Carlton Davis, and Cameron Brate have all been ruled out. Julio Jones is a game-time decision. Akeem Hicks is listed as doubtful. So feels like a lot of different players, Sean, are banged up on both sides. Uh, how do you break down what to expect? Once again, flip of favorites here uh, in the past couple hours. I just you know, think Tampa's hours. the
2: right team in this spot. And, and if you need statistical data, since getting to Tampa, Brady's 5-0 and o straight up against the spread as an underdog. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his career, uh, coming off of a loss with a losing record, Brady's 10-0 and straight up against the spread. Also, for whatever reason, Baltimore's not done well on Thursday nights. I think they're and one in their last six games on Thursday night football against the spread. So I just think the trends are there. The situation is there. It's a situation where Tampa's the hungrier team. Uh, Baltimore's coming off of a division win. Tampa's coming off of a division loss. Tampa knows how fortunate they are to be three and four and still be first in the NFC South. Plus, I think Baltimore's a flawed team. No J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I don't think Rashad Bateman is fully healthy. Mark Andrews, I think, is a game-time decision. He's been banged up. So I will play the under, because I think Eric Eager made some good points, but I do like Tampa to win this game. And if they win, they cover.
4: There you go. Uh, All right, final uh, bettable or forgettable. Uh, Maybe a little bit surprising. New Orleans has decided to... Keep on rolling with my ginger brother, Andy Dalton, despite Jameis Winston being cleared. uh, Dennis Allen said Winston is healthy and was a full participant in practice, but Allen made the decision because he thinks it's the best thing for the Saints' offense. Andy Dalton, Sean, taking over for Jameis Winston, bettable or forgettable as the Saints
2: host the Raiders on Sunday. Well, the important part of what's transpiring in uh, New Orleans is Dennis Allen will be fired at the end of the <laughs> year, so who cares what he thinks? Uh, he also decided to trading Char- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles. It was a good move, and the Saints have been terrible on defense. I mean, Andy Dalton, last time we saw him, uh, had Saints fans making memes at their house with the pick six uh, right before the half, and went on to throw three in a loss to the Cardinals. So, I don't agree with the move. Uh, I don't think Football gods, G-A-W-D-S, will agree to move. Bye-bye, Dennis Allen. It was nice knowing you. Hey, Andy Dalton says, it's my time. <laughs> the board briskly will run
4: through every game next right here on v
6: This is with Tim Murray and Sean King on V-CIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: If you're a college football bettor, VSIN has a new podcast that is a must listen. The VSEN College Football Betting Podcast releases three episodes every week to fully prepare you as a better VSEN analyst. Tim Murray, Matt Humans, Adam Burke, and Jonathan Von Tobel react to lines as soon as they are released, cover midweek games discuss line movement, and give a betting breakdown for every major game on Saturdays. Download and subscribe to v College Football Betting Podcast today wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Well done. Really can sense the selling of that. Yeah. Got a new episode coming out tomorrow. We'll break down the full card. Myself, Matt Humans. that's Sean King. Man played his college football at Tulane. Played professionally, most notably for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's where we go right now, Sean. Cody Decker, by the way, will join us in uh, 10 minutes. Chat World Series with our good friend Cody Decker. TV sensation, Mm -hmm. Cody Decker. All right, we call this running through the board briskly. Let's do it. Quick hitters. We'll try to hit every single game in the week eight slate. Two teams on buys this week, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. Here we go. Thursday night football, Sean, in your old neck of the woods. Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers now a slight favorite of one, a total of 45 and a half.
2: I like the Bucks here, uh, as we mentioned, for all the reasons above. Uh, better spot for Tampa. I'm going Tampa at home tomorrow to write the ship.
4: I tend to agree. Um, Baltimore, double-digit leads, man. They, uh, they like them, and then they also hate them because they blow them quite often. All right, across the pond, will Russell Wilson be playing? Will he be taking uh, a number two anytime soon? I don't know. There's a lot of questions about him that uh, leave me up in the air but they are an underdog at Wembley against the Jacksonville Jaguars two and a half in favor of the Jags
2: yeah I'm, I'm laying the points with the Jags I think the Jags have uh kind of been teetering on winning one of these kind of games uh, I think they get it done I think they're the hungrier team I think the team is fed up with uh Russell Wilson he woke a lot of people up as he was stretching in the aisle as people were trying to get some rest on the way to London so <laughs> I, I like Jacksonville in this game the man cannot
4: have uh, is just no jet lag. Jet yeah. lag, unjet laggable. That's Russell Wilson. All right, to Dallas. It's likely Zeke Elliott will be out, but they're still laying nine and a half. The Chicago Bears just traded away Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith started crying when he heard the news that <laughs> Robert Quinn was headed to the Philadelphia Eagles. Nine and a half point spread in favor of Big D uh, with a total of 42
2: and a half. Dallas wins this game, but I think I'm going to play the under. I like that more than Dallas covering this big number. Um, I don't think Chicago will get a lot accomplished on offense, and I think Chicago's playing hard, even without Robert Quinn. So they'll be negate the the explosive plays. I think I I like like the under in this game.
4: Las Vegas, the Raiders, Sean, traveling to the Big Easy, your old neck of the woods. New Orleans, as they are a a one-and-a-half-point favorite, are the Raiders on the road with a total of 50. We just chatted about it. It's his time. Andy Dalton named the starter despite Jameis Winston being out or being healthy, uh, according to Dennis Allen.
2: Yeah, people were looking all around the world for Waldo to find out where he was, but I'm trying to find out where in the heck is Darren Waller. <laughs> I haven't seen the Raiders tight end. He didn't play in the Chiefs game. They went on a bye week. He came back. He didn't play in the Texans game. So I'm actually going to pull the Saints to pull a small upset. Ooh. You know, I go back to the beginning of that Cardinals game. They were playing pretty good, you know, before the turnovers happened. So I think Andy Dalton will be locked in. Uh, Hopefully Jameis gets in the game at some point and rescues the Saints and they (laughs) went (laughs) out right.
4: The Carolina Panthers, Sean, coming off an upset victory over your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No one's been traded yet this week from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Depending on where you look, this is a a number kind of all over the place Four, four and a half, some fives out there in favor of the Atlanta Falcons at home against the Carolina Panthers. I like
2: Carolina in this. Carolina still has all those really good defensive players that they had when the season started. And listen, I've talked to PJ Walker. I've given him some coaching points. He went out and played his best game. They beat the Bucs. He'll build upon that. I like the Panthers. Maybe the even pride win this game. outright.
4: of Temple. Yeah, man. Temple House. PJ Walker. All right. Keystone State Showdown, the Philadelphia Eagles, a 10.5-point favorite against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Total of 43 this game in Philadelphia. Local kick at 1 p.m.
2: I actually like the Eagles to cover this number. uh, They actually have a real NFL head coach on the sideline of Nick Sirianni. I'm not sure what's on the sideline in Miami. I'm talking to you, Mike McDaniel. They're playing Uh, Pittsburgh. I know that, but. The Dolphins didn't cover against the Steelers because they got a fraud on the <laughs> sideline. The Eagles have a real NFL head coach on the sideline, so they will cover the 10-and-a-half. Come on, redhead, catch I, up. Th-
4: I thought you were trying to talk smack about your guy Mike Tomlin. No. I'm like, whoa, no. Whoa. Whoa. I'm whoa. talking
2: about Mike McDaniel going whoa. for on fourth down, not kicking the field goal to go up nine.
4: Speaking of I'm which, making the
2: people comfortable with laying the 10-and-a-half.
4: Mike McDaniel, he is a road favorite this weekend at Detroit. Dan Campbell, the kneecap biters, uh, they're struggling right now. The Lions catching three and a half at home with a total of 51, and, uh, 51 at BetMGM.
2: Yeah, having said all that, I like the Dolphins. <laughs> <touchdown>. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, man, if they don't cover this oh, weekend, you man. bet the Dolphins again because he doesn't kick an extra point or something like that. I also
2: that. Would, wouldn't be afraid of that that over, too. Um, 50, all right. Yeah, especially Detroit, I think, is getting a little healthier. I think they get Swift back. Uh Armand Ross St. Brown had something that I've never heard of, which is why he was taken out of the game against the Cowboys. But he'll be back. Did so. he get
4: hurt deadlifting with his dad or something nah, like that? No, it was
2: something. I can't even think of the name of it. <laughs> it's not eczema because that's a skin deal. But it was something like name I'd never heard of.
4: All right, let's go to Minnesota. Coming off a bye, the Vikings are laying three and a half against the Arizona Cardinals. Eric uh, liked the dog here, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins back again. Uh, And they're on the road. You like Arizona normally on the road. You like them
2: Absolutely. I'm not changing. I like the Cardinals. I think to win this game outright, but I'll take the three and a half.
4: All right. Let's go to uh, the, uh, I was going to say the Meadowlands. Is it still that area called the Meadowlands? MetLife Stadium. We'll go with it. We'll go there. We'll go with it.
2: The Jets.
4: Ah, they're red hot, Sean. And they're a home dog to the team who just got spanked by the Chicago Bears. Am I going to do it again? Probably. I'm probably going to bet the Patriots here. Uh, The Jets keep finding ways uh and uh, mac jones by the way according to field yates uh from espn took 90 percent of the stats today at practice so it looks like it will be mac again against the jets well the
2: patriots are the right side they win this game by touchdown the thing that's disgusting if you're a jets fan is the one thing offensively that was keeping them afloat is now gone for the rest of the year if you look at uh zach wilson's statistics <laughs> wow they're Have they won a game since he's been quarterback? Well, they actually have won multiple games, but, I mean, that's not sustainable. I do love what they're doing on defense. Uh, Sauce Gardner looks the part, well-deserving, much-deserving of a a top-five pick. Probably should have been the number-one pick the way he's playing so far. So, uh, uh, Robert Law has a a lot of pieces to build with, but the Patriots cover this number.
4: Running through the board, briskly, let's go to Houston, Tennessee, and uh, the Texans, Tennessee, you said you would have liked him in Survivor. Only a two-point favorite here against the Texans.
2: Yeah, I actually changed my tune a little bit, so I think I would have uh, changed my course if I had a Survivor selection. I'm picking the Texans to win outright. Ooh. Yeah, I think they get it done. They've been extremely competitive. They've been in some games. They've kind of not been able to come through in the clutch, but instead of going up against these elite quarterbacks they've been facing, not saying that the Broncos and Russell Wilson are elite, but everybody else. They've been loosened too. They get Ryan Tannehill with Robert Woods being the opposing team's best wide receiver. I like the Texans to fight and Lovey Smiths to get it done.
4: All right. Out in Seattle, as we all expected in week eight, first place Seattle against 6-1 and one Giants. Yep. That's what we all predicted.
2: Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to be down in the fourth quarter, but the Giants win this game outright.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the start of the Sam Ellinger era in Indianapolis, another Prediction we all had by week eight. No injury. Matt Ryan as well. He says he's got a shoulder thing, but it is a a move for the full season. Colts still laying three against the commandos here in Indianapolis. You
2: know what's so disgusting about this game? When the season started, all we thought we were going to get was Matt Ryan versus Carson Wentz. The return of Carson Wentz. The ginger genius back in Indianapolis. And you know what? We get Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger. Well, here's what I think. I think (laughs) Sam Ellinger... Is a lot like Jalen Hurts, and I think he's going to get a chance to showcase it. Uh, they don't have the weapons outside that Jalen that uh, Jalen has in Philly, but I, I do like Sam Ellinger a lot, and I think he's going to actually play pretty well down the stretch. But I'm not laying a, a field goal, you know, with Indy and the position they're in, simply because I don't know internally how much benching Matt Ryan has impacted, you know. The feeling around the building. Because what happens, especially with the veteran guys, i so were going to young quarterback. He's been here. If the organization really thought he was the guy, we wouldn't have had to go and pay Matt Ryan or trade True. for him. We could just play Sam Ellington from the go. So I'm going to go with Washington and Taylor Heineke, who shouldn't be playing. It should be Sam Howe. Come on, Ron Rivera, smarten up. But I'm going to go with Washington to cover the number.
4: Rams hosting the uh, 49ers. Niners laying a point and a half. Fresh I'm going
2: off. with Sean McVay off the bye. All right. Yeah, I'm going with Sean McVay.
4: And then uh, Sunday night football, Sean, the biggest spread in Aaron Rodgers' career, I like 11 Packers. and a half.
2: I like Packers, and I wouldn't be surprised if Packers went out right. Really? Yep, I really do. I like the Packers that much.
4: Money line looks like you can find around uh, plus 400 there at BetMGM.
2: And lastly, because we got a Monday night game next week. Cincinnati-Cleveland. I'm betting the Browns' first half since he for the game.
4: <laughs> Just saying. Uh, Browns are catching... Two and a half in the first half, full game, Bengals lay at three and a half. But you're a big believer. I've in... got it
2: mapped out. <laughs> Jacoby Brissett's the worst fourth quarter quarterback I've ever seen.
4: <laughs> oh, there you have it. We run through the board briskly each and every Wednesday here on v Prime Primetime. We take a look at every single game. That's Sean King. I'm Tim Murray. The World Series starts on Friday. How about that Astros bullpen? Can the Phillies get to it? Cody Decker will tell us next right here. On VSIN.
0: This is V-CIN Prime Primetime with Tim Murray and Sean King on VSIN,
4: the Sports Betting Network. Get everything VSIN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only. $99. Sign up now and get VSIN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl, including our Pro Picks daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, pro tips with actionable insights to up your betting game, deep dive daily betting reports on the NBA, NHL, and MLB playoffs, plus our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guides. Give yourself an edge. Visit Veasan.com/slash subscribe. To get your $99 midseason special today, that's vsincom slash subscribe. It is V-S-I-N prime time alongside Sean King, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl champ. I am Tim Murray, and we bring in a man that we love dearly and is now a TV superstar, but still looks out for us every once in a while, which is much appreciated. <laughs> Cody Decker, there he is, looking very sharp in New York City. Let me ask you this, Cody, because... The Philadelphia Phillies have gotten hot at the right time. The Astros have been kind of a steady force and a dominating one at that. On a level of 1-10, to what is your excitement level of this World Series matchup starting on Friday?
6: I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a nine because listen, the Phillies are a great story. And I'm actually finding myself in a very unique position where I'm actually rooting for the underdog Phillies. All of a sudden (laughs) the Phillies are the good guys, Philadelphia, underdog USA, everybody, the best fans slash worst fans slash best fans, I don't know. I want Houston to lose so badly that I am now a Philly fan and the Phillies have no business being here, gentlemen. And when I say being here in the World Series, I don't mean the World Series. I don't mean the NLCS. They shouldn't have been playing in October. The only reason they played in October is because the Brewers absolutely collapsed. And then, man, you mentioned the Phillies getting hot. This team, by the way, plays defense like infants. They are dreadful <laughs> defensively. I am—it's unfathomable how bad they are defensively. Yet it hasn't cost them really any games due to timely hitting. They've outslugged every single team they've faced, and by the way, they're going up against an Astros team that they can outslug. This is going to come down to basically the pitching side of this ball game and this entire series. And right now, the Astros obviously have the edge. In fact, the Astros have the edge over everybody in baseball, man.
4: I want I want to get to a lot of the Astros components here but let's start with the Phillies and I I'm going to say X factor and I think the obvious answer well Bryce Harper Reese Hoskins or you know Zach Wheeler but if the Phillies find themselves hoisting a piece of hardware for the second time in what like 15 years or something like that 10 years when was like the they won in like oh nine I think it was um, what happens how do the Phillies in your eyes Cody win the World Series against the Houston Astros.
6: They got to get to Verlander early, which is, by the way, the best thing they could possibly do on on Friday night. Keep in mind, the Astros' bullpen is frighteningly disgusting as of late. They've given up, what, three earned runs this entire October. It's absolutely nuts what they're capable of doing. On top of that, Justin Verlander is actually sneakily the Astros' worst pitcher right now, so they got to get all over him and take advantage of the fact they're going to have Wheeler in game one. They're going to have Nolan game two, and it's going to be a slugfest. That's just what it's going to come down to. Whichever team hits more home runs is the team that's going to win this World Series. And you just watched that uh, Phillies team hit a lot of home runs against the
2: Padres. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, this is the first team, in my opinion, that the Astros have played that really has the kind of power component that the Astros have as well. I mean, Reese Hopkins really has struggled at the plate. He's hitting sub 200 in the playoffs, but he's hit five homers and some of the greatest post-homer, you know. uh, Theatrics. Theatrics that I've seen. He's like my alter ego. If I play baseball and I can hit like a a knuckleball (laughs) or a curve or something, I'd be, you know, Reese Hoskins. Of course, Harper's hitting for power and average Schwarber has hit a couple home runs, but I think this is a dangerous team. Also because their confidence level is so high. And everybody knows about the Astros and their pitching. But the Phillies aren't terrible. I don't think their bullpen is as deep. Well, we know it's not as deep. But their top two bullpen arms are are really good. Talk to me about their defense. That's the question I want to know. I watch them because I bet baseball in the regular season. And I mean, I almost threw up in my mouth multiple times watching the Phillies try and feel <laughs> routine plays defensively. How have they managed to hide that enough to get to this point? I,
6: I, I, I don't know. I, I do not have a. I do not have a good answer for you, Sean, because their defense is that bad. In fact, we just watched it in the NLCS against the San Diego Padres. They let the Padres back in to like three games that the Padres weren't in because of defensive mistakes, whether it was just a terrible error at second base by Gene Segura, or it was bomb at third base, throwing a ball somewhere towards South America. I don't know what's happening with this team defensively, But they're getting away with it simply because they can put the ball over the fence. And you mentioned the names already, Reese Hoskins, Schwarber. And listen, we're at a point where we're looking at Bryce Harper, who is a two-time MVP and just won the NLCS MVP. And I think he is an underrated baseball player. Players don't like him. Bryce Harper, Cody. Is is that kind of how you've...
4: Because there's been those polls where they put it out, you know, and he's the most overrated player uh, I get it. He was on Sports Illustrated at 16. I mean, the dude, you have to put it honestly. He's won two MVPs. He's what, in his late 20s? I mean, he's exceeded
6: expectations. He's won two MVPs. Absolutely. He's underrated. Hell, the owner of the Phillies actually said, we're under, I we're- underpaid you. <laughs> he's making $300 million. <laughs> underpaid. Yeah. I agree.
2: Is there value then at 7-1 to one for Harper to win the World Series MVP? Yes, because if the Phillies do
6: win this World Series, you have to believe it's going to be on the back of Bryce Harper. I've said this a bunch of times, and I'll say it ad nauseum, and I'm going to say it all the way through the World Series. The Phillies are George Foreman in his 50s. If he hits you, you're going down. That's the plain and simple truth of it. And that biggest right hook that they have is Bryce Harper. He's not going, you just can't let him beat you. But here's the thing, the Padres didn't let Bryce Harper beat him. Bryce Harper just beat him because he is that good. He is that much of a game changer, and he's got enough offensive prowess around him like the Schwarbers of the world, like the bombs of the world, which, by the way, doesn't get a lot of credit for his offensive prowess. Uh, like like Nick Cassianos, who's just sneakily in the middle of that lineup. Like, this
2: is this is a scary lineup, one through six especially. So, Cody, on the other side, if not your Don Alvarez, who do you think would be the second most likely Astro, especially if they're dominant like they have been? Heck, they hadn't lost a darn game in the playoffs. Who would be the second most likely Astro to win World Series MVP? God, you just know Jose Altuve is going to break out of
6: the <laughs> 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 I don't want it to happen, but I honestly think Jose Altuve is going to have some decent value and you should probably take it because Jose Altuve does not go over 30 very often. And he just had a week off, probably a well needed week off mentally to go into this world series and keep in mind, there's one thing I want to put out there. Now, this is not necessarily a trend that I suggest everybody gamble on, but just remember one thing, the Astros right now swept through the playoffs seven and oh. Only two other teams in the wildcard era has ever done that, and that was in 2007, the Rockies, and that was in 2014, the Royals. Hey, both those teams lost in the World Series, and I need it to happen again. I cannot watch Dusty Baker win his first ring as a manager that has an H on the ring. I'm not okay with it.
4: I know. Is is there, like, a way if they do win, we can, like, Remember in Happy Gilmore when he won that trophy? He was like, I'm going to go take this to the trophy shop and replace the the golfer with a hockey player. Can we like steal Dusty's ring and put like a San Francisco on it or a Cincinnati just so we don't have to look at that ugly H? Uh,
2: so I got a question. <laughs> oh, so going to win MVP, isn't it? Because <laughs> we've talked the series. We've He's talked so defeated. <laughs> both staffs, but game one is Friday. Total sits at six and a half. I really was thinking maybe I just played an over in every game. I mean, both of these lineups so far through the playoffs, if you make a mistake, mistake, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a base hit. Like, it's gone. Both ballparks are very hitter friendly. I feel like every flat ball in Houston goes into the stands, especially when it comes off an Astro bat. So what are you thinking from a a game flow standpoint? Are these going to be high-scoring games? or you think I, it, it's going to be played extremely close to the vest and the pitching's going to ultimately went out.
6: I gave you that stat already about the, uh, the relievers for the Houston Astros. That stat is so ridiculous that it just has to come to an end at some point. And this is the type of lineup that can make it come to an end. By the way, if you just watch that team offensively play against the San Diego Padres, they took at bat after at bat, like every swing was going to do some damage. And you better believe they're planning to do some damage in Houston on Friday. I think the Phillies, listen, I truly believe it's going to be Houston in six. I have faded the uh, the uh, Philadelphia Phillies into every single series into this playoffs. And I'm going to do it again right now. So I'm dorking a little bit of you know, voodoo magic because I'm going to take the Astros <laughs> and I don't want it to happen. I've been wrong about the Phillies so far. Let's go be wrong, Cody. Let's go be wrong.
4: <laughs> Cody, you mentioned the, uh, the bullpen. 33 innings, .82 ERA, .73 whip, 42 strikeouts, 127 batting average against. Is that good?
6: Uh, <laughs> oh, is going to win MVP <laughs> I think I'm going to play that.
4: Cody gonna... Decker, you're the man. Get some sleep. Got to get up Cody. early for uh, Carton.
6: time See ya.
4: There See he ya. is. Cody Decker, the one and only. It is V-CIN primetime.
0: This is Vset Prime Time with Tim Murray and Sean King on Vset, the
6: sports betting network.
4: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets it's never been easier to join the action on the new betmgm app featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation planning a trip to vegas come hang out with us you could also convert your betmgm points into mgm reward points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 mgm resorts located on the las vegas strip and nationwide betmgm rewards is sports betting's premier Loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. We'll talk some college football. Top of the hour with Stuart Mandel from The Athletic. We got Nets and uh, Bucks just underway, about to tip off there in uh, in Milwaukee. What do you got rolling tonight there, Puckster Oh, uh,
2: let's see. I have the Lightning on the puck line. I think they bounced back against a really bad Anaheim Ducks team. I also took Connor McDavid, who went scoreless for the Edmonton Oilers in their previous game, to actually record a goal tonight. I got plus uh, 115. And Connor I Connor McJesus. Yeah, right, McJesus. I hope he is McJesus tonight. And uh, I did. I played two uh, NBA games. I took uh, the Pacers and the Magic as underdogs. I okay. think the Magic are eight and a half. I think the Pacers are seven and a half.
4: Magic are a fun team to watch, man. Paolo Banchero Paolo is balling. Those odds, they aren't
2: winning, but he's balling. We
4: talked about it over the summer, and I was about to go get the ticket, and for some reason I didn't. On him to win Rookie of the Year, and it's like down to like plus one ten right now. Hmm. He is. He's
2: only thinking. He's him the part. is injury.
4: Yeah, exactly, for sure. Um, by the way, uh, just underway. Bucks and Nets. Bucks have won the last five times. Giannis and Durant each played big, each other. Ben Simmons
2: is terrible. right And now.
4: Uh, Bucks five and zero ATS in those games. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's, I mean, that, I mean terrible. I don't, I don't know what's going on. There's your guy, Grayson Allen, off to a uh,
2: doing the same thing he was doing last time I saw him in the playoffs, missing <laughs> wide open threes. <laughs> Uh, Just a couple quick things before. I have no idea why they thought he was some kind of knockdown three-point shooter. He's from Florida and played at Duke. You know, there's not a shot he's ever attempted since high school that I haven't seen. (laughs) I had him way more Bobby Sur, you know, than I did knockdown three-point guy in high school. I saw he dunk on people. Oh, he was a highlight film. Who, Bobby Sur? No, uh, Grayson Allen. Yeah, yeah. I have no knockdown three was not my evaluation.
4: Um, A couple of little notes uh, about this upcoming weekend. So, Ole Miss is visiting Texas a and uh, I think this is a yeah. stinky poo line. I'm not going to bet this game
2: because I don't want Jimbo to win, but A&M's the right side.
4: Lane Kiffin. So, DJ Durkin uh, replaced Mike Elko. Mike Elko was a defense coordinator at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. They took him from Notre Dame because they just gave him a boatload of cash. And now, by the way, Mike Elko doing a good job at Duke, man. Five and three. Just smoked uh Miami. Boy, Crystal Ball's in trouble. Eh, you know, I, I was told to use back. The you see the Duke player? Like this. Yeah, and broke
2: it. <laughs> pipe down, pipe, pipe down a little bit, Duke. I mean, hey man, you went you guys you... did just blow the game against the Tar Heels the week before. Pipe down a little bit. I had the money line in that game.
4: Um, but the, Lane Kiffin said this about DJ Durkin going to Texas AM. We tried to keep him, got outbid, which is a common theme with that school. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man what's not getting enough conversation is and maybe i didn't read this right why did the kids get suspended that just got suspended from a&m no oh, i don't know i didn't see that Yeah, okay i'm not gonna just throw
4: something out there that i'm not sure of but i will uh check that uh i mentioned uh you mentioned uh, sean earlier in the show said he likes Kentucky not only plus the 12-and-a-half, but yes, sir. outright to upset Tennessee. We mentioned the stat from Cole Kubelik uh, about Tennessee's prolific nature, scoring 30-plus uh, points in 10 consecutive games, longest streak in program history. Kentucky, 24, uh, sorry, 11 straight games of allowing 24 or fewer points. That is the longest active streak in the FBS. Bill Connolly also tweeted this out, which is interesting. Tennessee averages 42.6 rushing yards per game on scrambles, which is fifth best in the FBS. Florida ranks third, but only managed four yards against Kentucky, which is allowing 12.7 yards per game scrambling. Step one to slowing down Tennessee, hemming and hooker, keeping balls in front of you. Interesting nugget there. About from uh, about this Kentucky defense, and I feel so
2: proud when I have like a evaluation and opinion that I know is going to be right, and you agree. It shows <laughs> such growth.
4: Stop saying that. It drives me crazy. I know you were so brilliant in your selection of uh, listening to Brad and picking Boise State.
2: I wasn't, No, 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 no. See, here's the here's the part that's hard for you to understand. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Some people value information. Like, I, I have a strong opinion look, that I love Kentucky this week. The only reason it came out was because I don't have Tennessee in my top four for college football. So normally an opinion like, I think Kentucky is going to upset Tennessee, I don't give you that until we do our confidence picks on Friday, and it comes in as my upset pick. Yet, if somebody comes on the show – then you hold it against me because, like, so I'm glad. I'm going to just start yelling out on Mondays exactly what my – or Wednesdays exactly what my strong plays are.
4: I bet Boise State the moment Brad came on, I agree. I, I think
2: I, Brad's really good. I, I do too. But I have my own opinions, and I love it when they match up with Brad's because that makes me feel really good. I, this but is you're not going to sit this, here and this, say that my confidence list is taken is, from anywhere. This is your opinion. And but I, my accumulation of information throughout the course of the week. Alrighty then. Otherwise, we need to put confidence picks before we have any guests. Because <laughs> we don't control what the guests say. Um And we need to be able to put eleven points on one confidence pick and one on the other four if that's what you so desire. I mean, do you
4: want me to go back through our bankrolls last year and how badly I we I simply
2: did? want you to agree that we have to use a total of 15 points. However, we decide to delegate it is up to us. It is Sean, it is October 26th. We have been doing
4: this confidence picks for seven weeks, and now you have decided to try to make an audible when we agree. And I'm
2: in first place. When
4: we agree, yes, you are in first yeah. place.
2: Congratulations. So it's not like I'm doing this to win. I just think it make, it'll make it it'll make it more transparent as far as like where where the really really strong opinion is in, in our just confidence
4: say place. it's a strong opinion.
2: Yeah, but so this all popped up. It's I, a
4: contest. It's a competition where we agreed to the rules all of us. Producer Britain, myself, you, we all agreed to these parameters.
2: I didn't sign a contract. Uh secondly, um I sent the confidence picks graphic to a couple of my group chats cuz they were like, "What do you like to say?" Oh, one?
4: are they are they part of our
1: show?
2: No, but okay. they are people that listen and watch and When they don't listen and watch, they try and consume it however they consume it, via Twitter clips or YouTube clips or group texts. However, that's why I asked for the graphic. So, no, you asked for the
4: graphic. I know why you asked for the graphic because if you have a good week, you tweet it out and say, hey, look how smart I am. You tweeted it
2: out on Saturday. Yeah, but that's not why I asked for the graphic. They had asked me what I liked. Accumulated two points. They had asked me what I liked this week. And so I sent them the graphic. And so then I had to explain to them after sending the graphic. Which games I liked more than others because I'm forced to put all of them with three points. So I'm just all I'm asking for is a little no. adjustment, no, an addendum on the allocation of points on a specific game. No. Why,
4: Sean? It is October 26th. We've been doing this thing. The thing is closer to ending than it is from this the is beginning. This is what
2: the kind of uh, young. But getting the old people say the nitty gritty. This is the nitty gritty part of the season. So I want to have emphasis. <laughs> then tell. I want to emphatically like. You know what
4: you can do. By the way, you haven't used a five point play in like four well, weeks. Well, because it
2: throws out of whack all the rest of the stuff. That eleven points wouldn't. Yeah, but eleven. If I'm right, I'm right. Five. If I'm wrong, now I'm trying to make it up with all these other fours and threes. Because I only have 10 points to divide amongst three, four games. You are impossible. I'm not impossible. You agreed to these rules.
4: You tweaked how you went about determining. There's no one
2: out there. It is. He's right there. He's Who? looking at you yelling at me. Who? the guy standing there he's looking
4: at the guy just like your guys from the cigar lounge who are apparently executive producers for our show after we agreed to parameters for a contest it's a contest
2: I'm a man of the people I just listen what the hell does that mean I listen to the community man the community said they want more emphasis what then tell them then tell them you know what you could do with emphasis you could say this is a five-point
4: play but you've decided the last four weeks that everything is a three-point play Five's
2: not enough margin.
4: Unbelievable.
2: We only have 10 left. You I'm make zero
4: sense every single day it's I come here. It's not enough margin. It is maddening. I need a raise dealing with you every single night. <laughs> Stuart Mandel from The Athletic will join us next. Thankfully.